0: I'm Laura Harper-Lake. And I'm Sarah Reitzman. And you're, you're listening, listening to Creative, Creative Guts. Guts.
1: Hello, listeners. Today, we're going to introduce you to someone with an abundance of talent. Raphael Bastek, or Raf, or Bug. He is a musician, illustrator, and writer,
0: and don't forget he's a comedian too. That's right. Raph is hilarious, and he will surely keep us all entertained today. The first time I met Raph Bug, yes, he was wearing a bug mask, and so I didn't know what his face looked like. He just looked like a bug. He was just a bug, <laughs> and you'll see. We will post some selfies on uh, on good old Facebook. If you're not already following us, you're totally missing out. You can find Creative Guts podcast on Facebook. That's right. And we'll definitely have links to Bug's awesome music. Yeah. Searching for Bug on Spotify was not the easiest thing. But we made it easy for you and posted a link.
1: And big, special, wonderful announcement. This episode and all the interviews going forward are going to sound like a crystal clear spring from a green mountain. (laughs) So yes, the episodes going forward are all on the upgraded uh, equipment that we have. So you've made it through the dark ages. So please enjoy this interview with Raf, or also known as Bug. <laughs> Today we have Raphael Bastek. Is that how you say it?
2: That is correct, despite A-K. what everyone I work with thinks.
0: <laughs> how do they pronounce it?
2: Uh, a variety of ways. Bostek is a popular one. Um, I don't know how you got that. It's, it's the wrong vowel. But uh, yeah, yeah. I have, a, I have a large variety of names.
1: Okay. Nice. I know you as Raf. I know him as Bug. That's right. The first time you met him, he's wearing a bug mask. Raf person. <laughs> An enigma. <laughs>
0: So, I if mean, it, if you look at them, you'll see in our selfie, which we'll post on Facebook, like, it's just a bug. Like, it's a person with a green face and antenna and, you know, bug characteristics.
2: It makes, uh, you know, daily operations a little interesting. Um, sometimes I get weird looks at Dunkin' Donuts. But, you know, overall, it's, I've learned to live with it. That's <laughs> <laughs> the most I can say.
0: <laughs> we all have things we have to live with, you know? <laughs>
1: I've known you for a couple years now. Yes. Yep. You're a a wonderful, talented person and a huge pain in the ass. (laughs) (laughs) Don't worry, your head won't swell too much. You are a wicked (laughs) little. (laughs) 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 Yeah. But you're an awesome, creative person, and that's why you're here, because you have the guts to make stuff. I know you as a musician and an illustrator and probably got some other things hidden in there that I don't know, because sometimes you can be sort of private about what you create let's talk about the music first
0: yeah so i only knew you as a musician i didn't know you were also an illustrator because of the the rpm mm-hmm. rpm 2019 parte. it's very cool
2: indeed it was
0: so music
2: uh, music has always come naturally to me i just love it it's just my passion in my life yeah good i was hoping you wouldn't use that <laughs>
1: Don't say anything you don't want me to use, dude. (laughs) You don't know. (laughs) You're going to have so much much
0: content for the blooper part. Yeah. How are you going to pick? I will say, in
1: retrospect, I don't know if I've ever had an (laughs) in-person serious conversation with you in two years. I've had, actually. Why would you invite him? I don't know. know. No, (laughs) I will say something. I feel Um, like you're two different people. In person, you're (laughs) an annoying little (laughs) s***. and through email and text, you're very different.
2: It's funny that you should mention that. I like having additional time to think about what I'm going to say rather than just impulsively say it like I do in person. So I am more well-spoken in written.
1: I kind of meant you're nicer.
2: (laughs) Again, uh, I have more time to think about what I'm saying, and I recognize that usually my normal tone is not very nice, and so I clean it up. In writing. I was an English major, so I like to write.
1: Your music is very thoughtful. I feel like it's very pretty and soulful. When did you start first playing music? That's what let's, I was going to say. Yeah, let's start with the history.
2: Uh, okay, so I, I did not really enjoy music or listen to music for a long time. Like growing up, mm-hmm. I did not really, really recognize any sort of music until middle school. I would hear stuff playing in the background, of course, and I could say, Oh, I like this, or Oh, that's fine. But for the most part, I just mimicked the tastes of my friends at the time. Just, um, For example, I, I liked Limb Biscuit. I couldn't tell you a single song of theirs. I don't know a single, well, now I do, but at the time, yeah. I, I couldn't have told you a single song title or anything or what they even sounded like. But my buddy liked them. And so I was like, oh, yeah, I like that. Sure, whatever.
0: I can relate to that so hard.
2: Yeah, music didn't matter to me for yep. a, a long time. Uh, and then in seventh grade, My friend gave me two CDs, uh, out of their cases like a maniac, because not even in like the paper sleeve. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Reckless. (laughs) Yeah, come on, what is that? Uh, One was Blink-182's Enema of the State, and the other was a burnt copy of Linkin Park's Hybrid Theory with the track list in the wrong order.
1: Oh my god, Jeff would would have a brain aneurysm
0: if that happened.
2: (laughs) I, I think I'm still recovering to this day.
0: I had a, a burned album of, it was all train songs, uh-huh. you know, train, super cool. Yeah. <laughs> and two of the songs were repeated. So two and 15 were the same song and song 16 <laughs> <laughs> wasn't by train.
2: <laughs> Probably well, who was it? it? <laughs> Downloaded off LimeWire.
0: Definitely. Yeah. Um, It was Maroon um, 5 or something. It was a band that wasn't as popular as Train, and they were older. I don't remember. If I looked it up, I could figure it out.
2: Mm-hmm. In a
0: future
1: episode, we will find the
0: answer. We will.
2: I'm <laughs> glad. I really respect that you knew the exact track numbers, 2 and 15, because <laughs> yeah. I can't tell you the names of the songs on those two albums that I just mentioned, but I could tell you a uh, song 4 is sick. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, those are my two first like exposures to music and uh dramatically we had in my music class in middle school there was this um recurring exercise where you had each student was was responsible for bringing in two albums or two songs to share with the class and the class would listen together. The teacher would approve it ahead of time and then the class would listen together. So everyone in the class was required to bring in two songs and the whole class would listen to it. And then the class would identify the instruments used, what genre of music it was, if they knew who the artist was, that sort of thing, whether it was a live recording or studio and different, like very basic analysis of these tracks. Sixth grade rolls around. We have this assignment for the first time. I don't listen to music. Um, I go down into my parents' basement and I look through their CD collection and I agonize over this for a long time thinking about what do I bring in when I don't listen to music. And so I settled on MC Hammer's Can't Touch This and then a music party mix that my mom would play at birthday parties that had uh, Conga by Gloria Estefan. So I chose those two as my two songs because I have terrible taste. (laughs) And um, then I was so anxious about it that I didn't bring the CD in and I just took a zero.
1: Wow. Uh, wow. And then seventh
2: grade, my friend gave me a Blink-182 CD and a Lincoln Park CD. And I said, cool, I'm just going to use these for the next two years. Uh, the teacher did not approve any of the songs that were on the CD, so I had to sure. quickly find another one. Big surprise. Uh, I settled on... Uh, the band Rancid, I chose one of their songs, and I repeated it two years. So the second year, she actually gave me a zero again, because she recognized that I'd used wow. the song. So I just sucked. Um,
1: Perceptive teacher. Yeah, yeah, was This is yeah, I was really surprised. interesting.
2: Yeah, so, so that was my exposure to music. Didn't really, like, wasn't into it for a long time. Then started listening to it really late bloomer. Well, I mean comparatively to the people I knew. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then in high school, got much more interested in it, listening to a lot of different kinds of music, started playing guitar more, despite having bought it in sixth grade before I even knew who MC Hammer was. Um, <laughs> a
1: great guitar but, legend. <laughs> of course, one of
2: the best. Uh, my prime inspiration for playing, which explains so much, which is why I don't use a guitar n- n- lately. Um, <laughs> So I started playing more in high school, played in and out of some bands. And Old
1: Grey? Was that, that in was high school? One, yep.
2: Um, started that my senior year, and we carried on into the first few years of college and played in some other bands around that era. Now, are
1: you singing as well or just playing guitar?
2: With that band, I was the only member that played... Guitar, bass, drums, and vocals. Wow. There was one song where I played drums because our drummer would recite a poem. And so he couldn't recite it at the same time that he played drums. And so <laughs> he taught me a very simple drum beat. And I messed it up every single time I played it.
1: <laughs> drums are hard. Yeah, they are very <laughs> yeah, hard. And
2: I, uh, I'm v- I have a very poor rhythm. Uh, I've clapped along to songs and people have said, nope. That's not right.
0: <laughs> Me so, too. Yeah. Uh, I, I got
2: the, I got a terrible rhythm. So you're a great I,
0: dancer. Uh, if I'm <laughs> clapping along to a song, I have to like, inten- I'm super anxious and I'm so worried I'm going to screw it up and I have to like intently look at somebody else who I assume is doing it right and like follow everything they're doing. Oh
2: Yeah. It's I focus really, in on it as well. It's sick.
0: <laughs> Do either of you dance?
2: So funny you should mention that. I went on a very promising date. I thought it was going to be great. Oh boy. And we went, um, ballroom dancing yeah ballroom dance lesson yeah. there was not a follow up
0: <laughs> oh <my God.
2: laughs> uh, yes two left feet uh, yeah,
0: yeah.
2: and well, no, that's, no that's, sense of rhythm
0: that happens with rhythm you know yeah. I'm better at dancing than my husband is and that's it he's the only one <laughs> At least you're not at the bottom. <laughs> Second from the bottom.
1: Maybe
2: Aaron and I can go and have some dance lessons and yeah. we'll, we'll get better.
1: Yeah, I like Jeff that. Jeff and I did swing dancing. No kidding. Yeah, Jeff's a good dancer. So you're playing hmm. music in bands. Is that winning over the ladies? Yeah. <laughs>
2: so no, no. You, no. Weren't,
1: you weren't like super into music, but then you buy a guitar. Yes.
0: But
2: then you don't touch it. Yep.
1: Then you start playing. Yep. Is the motivator like you're diving into music and you love it and you've been inspired by some bands or musicians or is it I want to impress ladies? Because our friend Lyle, who I think we all know here, I don't know if he's joking or not, but I said, oh, do you still play guitar? He's like, oh, no, that was to pick up chicks. So that is a thing.
2: Well, that's a common conception. A yeah. lot of people buy an acoustic guitar so they can play it in their college campus quad and attract ladies. Sure. That's it's like the a,
1: mating call. Of- a,
2: yeah, play Wonderwall. <laughs> it was not the uh, that was not the, the drive. Or, well, that's good. Yeah, I had a vision that I wanted to be like Tom DeLonge from Blink-182. I wanted to stand on a stage and sing and play guitar. Um, and I wanted the guitar that he had. And then, so I went out and I bought a different guitar and I didn't sing. And I started playing <laughs> bass in a band.
1: Oh, you play bass, okay.
2: Uh, no, but yeah, so for that... Um, in that first band, we started, I played guitar. Well, there, there were a lot of projects that I was in. I, I'm hesitant to call them bands mm-hmm. now because they would start up, you'd get a friend over, you'd both play guitar at the same time, and say, oh, that's cool. And then you'd play some video games, and then you'd make a MySpace page saying that your band is practicing, and, <laughs> and it never happened. Yep. So that happened, you know, like 24 times. And then finally met some people who wanted to jam more regularly mm-hmm. and started making music that way. Did
1: you tour Here at all? We,
2: we did tour. We toured a lot. Um, that was part of what made me realize I don't particularly care for playing live music. I, I remember very fondly the the first show we played. I came home. I was so excited. We were still in high school. I ran upstairs and woke my parents up and told them like that was an electric experience. That was amazing. Blah, blah, blah. Our set got cut short because I swore and it was in a (laughs) high school um, battle of the bands. Um, And we played that show show and we were allowed to play two songs, but one of them had a naughty word in the lyrics. And I said it anyway. And so they cut the lights off midway through our set or what have you. Uh, Uh, Brutal. um, So it goes, Uh, but I got home very excited Told my parents. I was really excited the following day, went back to my high school and where I worked for the school paper and I covered our high school's battle of the bands Oh, which cool. was coincidentally the next day. And I thought, we are way better than all these losers. Uh, <laughs> I never voiced that to anyone, but I definitely thought it. And then I had to uh, write a paper about it. And I don't know. Man, this was lame. Um, but yeah, so I hit those guys up again and we started making music after that. And it was great for a while. We had some, uh, you know, ins and outs and whatnot. Uh, yeah. Went off to college, different schools, kept making music and when we were in school we went on some tours on long weekends for example like a halloween weekend or something we we would travel down to say philadelphia or florida one year um and during summer break and winter break we would do little tours so the largest one we drove all the way over to california and back and did uh, like a full u.s tour um so what genre was weird. that
1: your band then
2: um we played like a variety of stuff um it was heavier? heavier yeah, a lot of it. I did like a lot of shrieking. Um, I yeah. wouldn't want people to listen to it <laughs> nowadays. Um,
1: so don't look up the band. Yeah, exactly.
2: <laughs> uh, that's why I said I just played band. in some bands and then I played in a really heavy band after that. Um, that My goal was basically to just play as loud and fast as I possibly could and like jam as many guitar riffs as I could into songs, uh, which was really fun, uh, exhausting. Uh, and I also shrieked on top of that, so that was. I'm glad that I don't have to do that anymore because it hurt. So yeah, so that was basically it. I had uh, did a little bit of the touring life, and then nowadays when I make music, it's very insular and uh, I don't know if that's a word. Very, it's very solo. Um, I, it's mostly a solo creative process. I do everything basically in one room of my apartment. I live in a two bedroom, but it's by myself, and then I use the second bedroom as my own studio. I have guitar amps and keyboards and like art easels and whatnot set up. Mm -hmm. And so I'll go into there and just set up whatever I need and record all by myself. And it's much more uh, intuitive to create Mm -hmm. music that way because you don't have to rely on anyone else. Uh, A lot of those earlier projects ended due to creative differences or wanting to go in different directions or clashing of personalities and what, and I, I deal with the clashing of personalities still. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, the creative direction is at least a little bit more refined in the sense that I definitely know I have no idea what I'm doing. And so it's just going random all the
1: time. Nice. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, so you're creating all this music on your own. You have two albums out on Spotify mm-hmm. um, one is called Soundtrack Volume One, mm-hmm. and the other is a French title. That means the day will be rough. Is that correct?
2: That is correct.
1: Yeah. Sarah, would you like to say it because you just
0: went to France? La journée sera so rude or something is that like how that how you pronounce it? Raph? I don't know how to pronounce the Sarah word. Oh, that sounds So about I just right said my me. name.
2: There you go. That's, yeah. Yeah. That sounds right.
0: Let's hear sure you so. say it, Ralph. Can you say it again? <laughs> Are you just going to copy
2: me? Nope, I was just going to let that one play. <laughs> uh, yeah, nope, you got it. She said it right. <laughs> yep, yeah, I released an album with a French title that I can't pronounce, and I'm not going to try. That's okay. Uh,
0: oh, my gosh, I love that.
2: Yeah, of course.
0: <laughs> so. Uh,
2: yeah, some, uh, I, I honestly, I don't remember who it was, but some political activist, I believe, in France, was set to be executed for speaking his opinion, and his final words were, Le Journée sur la route. Ooh. Like, oh, oh, that was uh, really good. Let's write that down and put it online. <laughs> and I said,
0: "Hey, oh,
2: there he is! Uh, grab that." Yeah, you do want you that? speak French? <laughs> like, for sure. no. Yeah, uh,
0: he knows <laughs> four words. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you no, know,
2: I've taken French for a cumulative three years of my life yep. in class, uh, twice in middle for two years in middle school, and for one year in college.
1: So. You did the uh two thousand nineteen r p m challenge yes yep. which is the uh the French album as we have now nicknamed it was that your cool. first
0: r p m
2: that was my first r p m
1: that's awesome did yeah, you love was it fun.
2: no, I didn't yeah uh, yeah
1: well, and that's because right right before you did it the same thing, but just not in the month of February right
2: yeah, kind of yeah, that's so for stupid so, yeah it was um, uh f- for listeners who may not know, the RPM challenge is to record uh, full albums or 10 songs worth of material during the month of February to write and record. Uh, and so, yeah, I had self-imposed that same sort of rule set on myself back in December. Not necess- not really intentionally. It's not like December 1st. I thought, okay, mm-hmm. we're being productive this month. I'm going to write an album of exactly eight songs and 24 minutes, <laughs> uh, which coincidentally is what the february album also turned out to be wow 24 minutes i think no um,
1: eight songs i thought it was 10 songs
2: oh you might be right i think it might be 10 but songs. i've been but listening to it minutes. a bunch hmm. it's one it. of us
0: i have it pulled up
2: <laughs> yeah. uh, don't correct me if i'm wrong let's just pretend i'm right
0: mr bug yeah. tell us about your art specifically Wait, i'm not done on music i don't care all right <laughs> we'll bounce back and forth uh, uh
2: did we, resolve that we resolved
1: it but i had a follow-up I guess it'll wait.
0: Uh, Ask your follow up. I'm going to go find the bunny that I want. Actually in a bunch, but um, sorry. I just, I,
1: all right, we'll pause here to admire a bunny. She has a bunny. The bunny will come up on every single episode of the podcast. I want a print of this bunny. It's so awesome.
0: I feel like it would go really well in my bunny's room. Corner. Corner. Is the whole thing her room? Not really. Pretty much. Yeah. I was sleeping on the couch last night and she came in and jumped on me and then like crawled up and down my body. So she owns everything. Yeah. So <laughs>
2: <laughs> what's your bunny's <funniest> name?
0: Luna. <laughs> I'm going to show you her corner. It's all full of like bunny artwork.
2: <laughs> Cat's name is Yuna. <laughs> Only one letter off.
0: If we don't talk about Luna every episode, then like she'll be mad. Where yeah. were you going to ask Laura? Yeah.
1: Okay. <laughs> so recording two albums back to back like that, that must've been really hard. Mm-hmm. And they both have very distinct sounds. Um, I think soundtrack volume one kind of weaves into a couple of different vibes or genres, um, whereas the French name that I can't pronounce.
2: <laughs> I like the French album. I, I'm, I'm okay with that nickname.
1: Yeah, the French the, album. The uh, nine songs, I would say, feel very similar. And then the 10th one, So Forever, is the one which is on our teaser trailer, folks, um, is a totally different vibe. And so I guess I'm curious, What? how is the creative progression happening within the first album within the second album between the two
0: you know that's really interesting i haven't listened to the the soundtrack volume two, but i did listen to the french album and i did notice whatsoever is completely different than the rest of the songs
2: Mm -hmm. yeah so with um with music creation and really with all um all other kind of creative mediums that i like to pursue it all comes sort of in phases with me uh i i have many hobbies but i i never pursue any one of them with like a singular focus so for example i like creating music i like drawing i like to write but i never am pursuing all three of those at the same time so i'll go many months without writing any musical material and then something will inspire me and then i'll enter a period of hyperactivity and so with soundtrack volume one that was the first piece of um, music that i had worked on in a long time and, you know, multiple months or years or what have you had passed before I had tried to make um, some sort of cohesive effort like that. And that one, interestingly enough or not, um, was all began as I was playing the video game Tetris Effect. Um,
1: Which you gave me yes. for Christmas. <laughs> yeah. I love that game. <laughs> I,
2: I'm, a, I'm a big fan of it. Uh, I was actually playing it before here and I considered texting you to cancel because I just wanted to sit on my couch uh, and play more. Um, but I didn't do it, and I'm, I'm proud glad. of myself Thank for you. not doing that, because it was real close. Uh, um,
1: That's why you relate. Yeah.
2: Yes. I don't blame you. It's yes, an addicting game. Actually, it's a
1: wicked yeah. awesome game. It's a Tetris, you know. But, um, well, actually, you're probably better at explaining it, but it's a very sure. music-driven, focused game, and it just sucks you in. Cool, cool.
2: Yeah. So the um the composers and like the whole game design, it's focused around the music and sound effects. So every basically just basic Tetris, but every block that you place will elicit another sound effect. Every time you turn it, it'll play a sound effect and it's all synced with the music in the background and it uh it's it's very interesting. It's a very cool and Mm -hmm. unique experience and the music is very for the most part very interesting to me. And I really liked the idea of these progressive tracks that would build over time because it's all adaptive to you playing the game and so these tracks start off and they're very sparse they'll start with you know some wind chimes or something and then you place a couple blocks down and it brings in a drum beat or something and then as you bring in as you keep playing it will build up more and more and I felt very inspired by that because I thought it was quite beautiful like a lot of the songs because it's a it's very triumphant the game sort of takes you through a um they call it journey mode and it's as much of like a, a story as you can have in a game. That's just Tetris. It's just puzzles. Mm-hmm. Um, but you go through this sort of journey where each level has a different theme and whatnot and it, the, the music crescendos and it has these arcs and these movements. And I found that very inspiring. Um, and for the first time in a while, I wanted to create some more music because I wanted to very specifically create something that sounded beautiful. Um, I really liked the, the sounds were very pleasing and i wanted to try to create something that was very pleasing to listen to um and so the first song that i wrote um was the one Dreamcast on that album and uh, i finished playing that game one night and then i went into the other room and i wrote and recorded the whole song and then didn't touch it again um and it was just in that one evening
0: wow uh, can we play a sample would
1: you like to pull it up that's we why can. our phones are like i right? love dreamcast yeah. it's so beautiful you accomplished what you set out to do.
2: That, that means a lot. Thank you. Because that was the really the only objective with that song. I just wanted to create something that sounded pleasing and beautiful. And I actually, um, I actually um, established contact with a random a stranger through Reddit. We had been commenting on each other's tracks, providing some feedback to each other, and just chatting and established this sort of relationship. And then became friends on SoundCloud, where I hosted my music and, and chatted here and there. Uh, His name is Lars, but he um, is recording vocals to sing over that song, Dreamcast.
0: Really? Wicked cool. Yeah, he has a
2: beautiful voice, and uh, he's from the Philippines, and it feels really cool to be working with someone literally on the other side of the world. Yeah. Um, uh, And this is a long time coming. We first started talking about this months and months and months ago, and collaborations in general are a very time-consuming process mm-hmm. but especially over the internet where you have no real obligation to this other person yeah like him and i yeah. would you know take a long time just to send a follow-up message to each other about mm-hmm. basic stuff but yeah so he'll be singing over this one it's my phone all the way up
0: beautiful
1: yeah and found footage is very similar i think in that it's sort of it's very much like a soundtrack like it's well it's well named
0: yeah i can't wait to hear it with uh lars's vocals This is like one of those very rare stories where, like, I think maybe the internet doesn't suck and there's like something beautiful and worthwhile about (laughs) being able to connect with people all over the world. Yeah,
2: it's rare to feel that way. Yeah, Yeah, I I very often lose hope in it.
0: Yeah. Especially Reddit, of all places. It's a
2: horrible place. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, he's one of the the small pockets of refuge I've found.
1: Yeah, yeah. Good guy. I feel like the music tone changes a lot on Soundtrack Volume 1. Where found footage and Dreamcast are very dreamy and and sort of are winding and relaxing. Um, a few other notes I had: uh, whole, you sound very like eighties new wave, and then still life kind of sounds like a Scott Pilgrim soundtrack song, in a way, which I both dig Wicked, but it's just a totally different kind of vibe.
2: Interesting, I uh, um, interesting comparisons. Um, I was going for different vibes with those songs, so I'm glad that it came across that way at least. Um, so I guess a note, the, the whole album is kind of very haphazardly arranged in that the first two songs were written and initially recorded years ago. Oh, really? Um, and I had in garage band. Um, and then I was started recording this album with logic and, I moved over a lot of the sound files and then re-recorded some of them. Redid the vocals on um, the second song, "Fishbowl." Mm-hmm. I uh, redid a lot of it. It has a, there isn't an, an existing recording of it from its earlier state that I released a couple of years ago. But this new one is, sounds very different. Um, the first track is more or less the same; just has better mixing. So right off the bat, the album started with a sort of dissonant arrangement—not uh, dissonant, but you know, I an uneven arrangement in that mm-hmm. two of the songs were written at a very different time in my life, very different, uh, interests and influences. And so those two songs started off and I intended for those two to, to be back to back. Even years ago, I thought, okay, those two, whatever I end up using these for, I want them to be together. Cause they ended up blending together and fading in and whatnot. All the other songs were written from various inspirations and just spur of the moment. Um, Things, For example, Dreamcast, I finished playing Tetris one day, got up, wrote it, recorded it, didn't touch it again, thought it was done. I have a very difficult time revisiting ideas, whether it's music or art. Or um, If I don't get a lot of it done in one sitting, it's I may never finish it. I have a painting hung on my wall in my apartment that all it's missing is the face. <laughs> I'm never going to finish it. <laughs> never. It, it's going to hang there with just the face I mean,
0: missing. it's your art. You can call it done whenever you want. I as c- far as you're concerned, done. <laughs> it's
2: done. <laughs> no, that one's not done. It needs to be finished, but it's never going to be. Never. A...
1: I have that too. I have a hard time. I can go back and keep working on a piece, um, and then I say it's done. And then my husband Jeff, I'll you know give it to him for review. Pretty much anything creative I do, I like to have his input. And if he has edits that are too time consuming for me to do, a lot of the time, and I, but I do think they're valuable and I should do. Yeah, I still won't do them because I hate going back and reworking stuff sometimes. Yep, absolutely. Yeah. And I don't know why. Like, you just, you know, I almost think sometimes, like, creative people, like, their their juices are flowing so quickly that revisiting almost feels like, well, no, I want to charge on to the
0: next thing. Yeah. Sometimes I think for me, I, this happens to me a lot with writing specifically, where I feel like I do I get like a big burst of inspiration and I do the vast majority of it. And then when I go back to it, I can't remember exactly what I was thinking or feeling or doing or sort of what my objective was. And then I don't know how to finish it without ruining it. And Mm -hmm. so then they just sit there and I hope that it'll come back to me. But, you know, it doesn't. Yeah,
2: It's really interesting that you bring that up because that is very much how I feel about writing music. Um, For me, music is a very... Temporary glimpse into the artist's sort of creation and viewpoint at that point in their artistic body of work. Um, So, for example, those songs were snapshots into whatever I was feeling or into at that moment. But I don't treat all mediums that way with writing and literary writing. I think that those initial bursts of creativity are excellent for getting your work out there and getting those ideas out there but i actually like revisiting my writing objectively afterwards and then kind of trimming it back it's hard but i i like that separation yeah uh, that's interesting it's tough it's really um i think the phrase is kill your darlings Um, Mm. your darling sentences that are perfect that you want to keep that they're so great they probably suck and just cut them yeah move on (laughs) i have a hard time more. with that that's
0: with
1: brutal to too. Hear, yeah and I, I couldn't
2: i don't like to kill my darlings yeah, I, I have a i can't do it with music so i just finish the song in one night and then move on <laughs> um, those darlings exist in that moment forever and that's fine and i'll think of ways like oh that song would be a lot better if i just changed this thing and it'd be so easy and i could do it and i'm just gonna go to walmart i guess yeah instead. <laughs>
0: save those notes for a future song yeah yeah um why soundtrack volume one where'd that come from is there a volume two i've already screwed it up twice so
2: there will be a volume two someday cool i felt that it was went into that album very fluidly thinking you know okay i played this game i'm now inspired to write a song i want to create something beautiful wrote that then thought hey these two old songs should be pulled into here and then I, that album was really contained within the month of december and a bit into january and it felt like a soundtrack for me of that time because i kind of dropped everything else and focused on just writing and editing and rewriting and re-editing and just obsessing over these few songs just to create something again um and then I got less interested in creating something beautiful as the album went on, and that explains the the range and sounds mm-hmm. because I wanted to explore different avenues and create something just interesting that I could re listen to it. I primarily create music for myself. I like to listen to my own music. I was just that gonna I've ask. Written. I was
0: gonna ask that, I, that too. Yeah. Um,
2: when I am writing something, I just want to write something that I would like to listen to. Um, I'll get into that a little bit more. Um, but it's, it just has to be interesting for me. Um, and so, uh, I'll sometimes throw in like a track with random effects just so that when I re-listen to something later, I won't remember certain effects because it was randomly automated by the computer or what have you. And it'll really little surprises for (laughs) myself. Cool. That's Um, awesome.
1: Do you remember a song that, that particularly has that?
2: Like most of them
1: oh really <laughs> um,
2: like a lot of the synthesizer <laughs> effects and like any sort of like if you hear a delay on something it's probably i just added it in there because i thought oh this is interesting i'll appreciate this later
1: cool wow well i uh, feel like you it's done successfully because it's not never not cohesive you know okay. a song
2: i've heard other people say otherwise oh, but really? I, I i appreciate that
1: <laughs> laura you. do you listen to your own music when I first make it if I really love it. Yes. Like from the RPM challenge. Um yeah, most of the songs that Erin actually her husband did the violin for. Yep. Yeah. Oh yeah. Duh, you know that, sorry. We all um, up yeah. <laughs> There's usually two or three songs from an album that I'll listen to over and over and over again after the fact for about a month and then I'll never listen to it again unless I'm showing it to someone. Yeah. Um but uh yeah. It just depends. Like I, I, fall in love with a couple that I really like, and I feel the ones I feel most proud of, and then the rest I kind of feel only okay about. Especially for RPM, yeah. but I don't, I don't make music like I used to. I used to be way more of a musician, and now I'm just sort of a half out the door musician. Unfortunately, yeah. If I win the I'm lottery and I don't have to have a day job and I can pursue every creative outlet I want to do, it would be more upfront. Yeah, front. yeah. Uh, la journée sera rude. Is that? That was pretty close. That was pretty good. I love this album a lot. And especially Goodbye. That's my favorite song of yours. Um, can you tell us about the creation of it? What inspired you? And um, you know, with the prior album you sort of had a direction and a you know, what pushed you what pushed you for this album?
0: Ooh, hold on. If um I told you that there was a song that Laura doesn't like on this album, could you guess which one it was? Oh, look at that face! Hmm. Laura's gonna kill me.
2: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I think I could.
0: I've never wanted to control all delete a person
1: until right now.
2: I think it's okay. I have no problem with people disliking my work, which is something I tell people at my day job routinely, and they don't like that. It'd be Um, weird if
0: you put like twenty songs out into the world, and we were like, "Yeah, we love." I don't remember the name of it. I think I think I do. Okay. Um, i could be wrong though
2: oh, i'm gonna put out a lot of work that you guys are gonna hate um and that's fully my intention i think it's i think it's cool because it's so easy <laughs> to upload stuff to spotify so like i thought it'd be funny to just upload an album that's just like a constant drum beat that just loops for like 25 minutes <laughs> and then random sounds over it and i'm gonna upload that because no one can stop
0: me. i'm gonna listen to it <laughs> Yeah, like,
2: why not if i can just fill the internet with waste why not I guess.
1: Yeah, that's um, filling the internet with
0: waste. That's actually what we're changing the name of our podcast to.
2: Cool. I'm happy to contribute. It
0: goes back to our conversation about recycling versus, like, the landfill.
2: That's right. I want to. Cre- so I've created music right now that you can just throw in the recycling bin, but I want to create true trash. So that's next. <laughs> um, up for me next is this. I'm telling you just, like, a, and then just, like, over. like just, Crap! It's going to be bad.
1: Yeah. I think Jeff would listen.
2: I uh, <laughs> he I think sports. it would be more successful than the rest of my music. I, I truly do. I think that the novelty would attract more people than actual like any songwriting. So I'm um, yeah. Is your goal to attract
1: people? No. Yeah.
2: No. <laughs> Just me. Uh, yeah.
1: What inspired you, and yes, yes. sort of what the goal was for that album? Because it was a short amount of time to write and create it
2: yeah so for that one I very specifically wanted to complete the RPM challenge to release an album in a month despite having just done it Mm -hmm. with uh, soundtrack volume one I wanted to do it again alongside this online community and so I I always like the idea of having each album have a very different tone or feel or sound or explore different um, sounds and aesthetics and so for the first that first album it's kind of psychedelic is the way that I would describe it I guess there's a lot of modulation and weird effects and bizarre i think that one is a little more bizarre um and i wouldn't so heavily recommend that first album to just you know casual listener if i said oh yeah you want to check out my music i maybe wouldn't direct them there but with the second album i wanted to have more streamlined um sort of focus Mm -hmm. more specifically acoustic guitar driven because I was tired of recording my electric guitar uh, <laughs> and setting up the mics. And so whereas the first album I recorded in my parents' house largely, and I could just set up the amp and play really loudly because they live in the middle of the woods, um, the second album was recorded at my apartment mostly, where I cannot play as loudly on guitar. So it, I was relegated more to my acoustic guitar and then in-the-box instruments, so software instruments in the Mac Um drum machines and synthesizers and things like that and i tried to experiment a little bit more um my friend our friend brent had an old microphone of his that didn't work anymore and so i brought it to a music shop and had it repaired and then i used that microphone to record some instruments because it was this really old like broadcast microphone so it naturally had like the sort of raspy sound to it and i kind of like that so yeah with the with the second album the inspiration was i just wanted to get an album done during that month Uh, i was feeling pretty just bummed out at the time uh and so i naturally gravitated towards the acoustic guitar and playing um sort of my approach for writing music is to take a very basic passage and just a simple chord progression or a simple you know finger picking like i like i really like the idea of a song just being one chord or two chords just really simple like really basic like Velvet Underground type stuff where mm. there isn't a lot of change in the song necessarily but that it builds or other layers are added and so a lot of my songs will start with just one or two chords just played um, over and over and I'll loop it on my computer and then build on top of that adding too much sometimes um, three piano tracks um, a synthesized like orchestra or what have you and then other electronic guitars or electric guitars and just adding sounds and sounds and sounds until my computer tells me I can't add anymore. (laughs) And then I'll build the song sort of backwards where I'll say, okay, this is how I want it to sound when it's full, where there's everything is built up to here. And so I'll take that, move it to the end of the track and then start removing elements to create the rest of the song so that it's kind of built backwards. Mm. Um, But so for, for that second album, a lot of it was, I'm just going to sit down with my guitar and record myself playing something, and then build something on top of it, just capture this day, how I'm feeling today. Um, That album very much is February 2019 to me, because certain songs are... None of the songs on there lasted more than a day. Um, I never went back to record more elements. I would go back and do more mixing, maybe, Mm -hmm. or like adding reverb here and there, but if I recorded something for a song, um, I didn't go and record more.
1: This might be too much of a personal question, I guess, but Perfect. when you created that... <laughs> well, no. No, it's not no, really no bad. Um, when you created that, you were bummed out. Do you like to listen to those songs? Do you go back and listen to them and enjoy them, or do they remind you of a feeling you didn't like?
2: Um, no, I'm, I'm, I'm okay with revisiting them um, because I like, I like the adder perspective now. Now I'm a couple months away from it, and so it's interesting to listen back and think, oh, yeah, I remember... It kind of exactly how I was feeling when I wrote this or what was going through my headspace at the time that I played that little piano part because I can isolate it to a few specific days or periods of time. And so I'm fine with revisiting it now because it's, it's a very contained sort of experience, I guess. I don't know. I'm glad it exists. I I think all art is just a snapshot into that artist's life at that time. And so that album is just a snapshot into my life at that time. And I think it came out um, pretty well. Um, it did that last song it's um very different and we had you had mentioned that earlier yes I thought it'd be funny to just put like a pop song at the end <laughs> something totally different um and uh, on bandcamp actually that track is hidden so if you download the album it doesn't show <gasps> until you download it <laughs> um, oh cool. And then, and then it's at the end. It's an
1: Easter egg. That's yeah. awesome. So a, little, a
2: little secret track. Oh, um,
1: that makes sense now. Okay. I yeah, love that. Yeah. Yeah.
2: On Spotify you don't have that option. So, yeah. so whatever. Yeah. whatever. Yeah. Um
1: the yeah. voices at the end of what's so forever. Mm-hmm. Are those you?
2: No, no. Ooh. I do I sometimes I do I'll, I'll sample my voice and like pitch shift it and whatnot. Those um were samples just off of a keyboard a keyboard had really some vocal samples it
1: sounded and very like gospel choir-y mm-hmm. and I loved it and cool. i thought it was so cool i really That's like what that. i was going
2: for actually kind of exactly that gospel sort of sound yeah uh, i was listening to a lot of Kanye west at the time <laughs> yeah. uh he does that sort of thing so i took like this one vocal sample and then like duplicated it like a bunch of times and then changed the pitch of the various like duplicates oh, wow. so that it would sound like more of a group
1: can you cool. pull up that song and maybe put it into halfway through, and so then we can kind of get to that yeah. the singing part in the end because I'd like folks to hear it. It's yeah. interesting.
2: Yeah, I'll get right it's right to the end. Forty-five seconds or so. Yeah.
0: Are you and ready keep to switch quietly. gears to art? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I
1: love that too. <laughs> hey, I'm an artist and musician, so this is awesome.
0: Like, I'm neither, so I'm loving this. Don't I'm worry, living. Neither. Yeah. <laughs> Shut up, you. <laughs> 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 yeah, you're terrible. Um, so I didn't know that you were an artist until like, uh, like today-ish. Mm, and mm. I'd never seen any of your art. And um, it's awesome. Oh, thank you. And so talk about like, when did you start creating in terms of are you mostly drawing, mostly by hand? Um, tell us about your, your art process.
2: I I first started drawing when I was much younger. I just started um, copying drawings from TV shows like Dragon Ball Z and other like Action Saturday cartoon shows nerdy yeah very nerdy uh, my friend and i would compete to who could draw the muscles better uh,
0: that's cute that's adorable
2: i mean that's one word for it yeah um,
0: again to pick up the ladies
2: <laughs> that's right they were strangely not impressed and, dragon
0: ball z fan art not for the ladies yeah
2: none of them ever stopped me in the hall at school and said you really nailed goku's hair i can totally tell he was super saiyan three none of them ever it was very strange and something i'm still dealing with to this day when i said that the second album was emotional now you know where i got it from. yeah I never recovered from that um yeah so i started drawing by just copying like cartoons that i really liked would just copy art for a long time then got into comic books wanted to like, draw sequential art and for the most part i have been a, a you know, pen and paper traditional type art never really not very good at painting acrylics or watercolor or anything like that. Although I have dabbled, uh, I'd never, I don't really have much experience with charcoals or anything like that. It's really, I've mainly confined myself to sort of pen and paper and really not even using color. A lot of it is just black and white and then coloring digitally. And I, I kept up with doing art throughout the years. That I took a, a break for a while. Um, like I was really into creating f- um, physical, visual art when I was in elementary school and middle school. And then in high school, I kind of backed off a little bit, picked it up towards the tail end of high school. And then in college, because I started doing a lot of freelance work for, uh, my own bands at the time, as well as, as well as friends bands and bands that we played with. And so I did a lot of tour posters, T-shirts, vinyl art and various projects like that. And so that kept me busy when I was in school and that's, was really the main way that I expressed my visual creative outlet. Um, ever since i graduated I, I i don't quite do that so uh, the the bunny shirt or the bunny design that you mentioned before was a shirt design for a band they didn't end up using it they liked it but they just didn't end up printing it so i mean do they really like it
0: <laughs> that's fine if they don't want it i'll have it yeah,
1: well, you <laughs> yeah is your art uh, available like print wise anywhere online or have you thought about offering it
2: some of it so a lot of what I had done were, were designed specifically for s- specific things, Almart t-shirts. So I wasn't going to then go and resell it, but I did d- do poster prints of uh, one of the designs that I had done. There's this one, it's black and white and it's a self portrait of my head sort of unraveling.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's sick. I saw
2: oh, it. Well, thank you. So that I have, um, I got like 11 by 17 prints of that done. Um, and I, I think I had 50 printed when I was in school and then, uh, some of them I just plastered around campus, um, some I just gave out, some people bought. Um, but I um, have not done any other prints or really tried to do that except this year. I, so I, I, as I mentioned at the very beginning of this interview, um, I go through my creative processes and phases, and so I'll be really into making music for a couple months and then drop it, and then I'll be really into writing or really into creating visual art. And so this year, after I finished that second album in February, I thought, I do not want to pick up my guitar for a while. <laughs> I'm uh, kind of burnt out on this. And so I moved to doing some visual art again, um, and just experimenting with photography, getting some different camera lenses and trying things out, and then mixing photography with visual illustration, As I, um, which is something that I first began doing in high school. And for the first Old Grey album cover, I went down the road from my house and took a picture of my brother standing on a a rock outcropping and then drew over the picture to to draw him. And that was, I think, the first example of that sort of mishmash of styles. Um, And then so I I revisited that this year with a couple pieces, just small things that I did. But lately I've been getting more into digital art. Um, I have a, a tablet for my computer. I I greatly enjoy because I like to finish something in an evening not revisit it with digital it saves so much time because I can undo and duplicate yeah. things and um I I have more respect for the physical art form I like and drawing I feel better when I have a completed like drawn picture than when I have a digital one that's done but my hand shakes a lot now as well I used to be really into stippling, like dot art and I don't know if that affected it or if just age, but my handshake. So now I don't really want to do like a mm-hmm. lot of this hyper detailed dot art.
1: I was looking at your Instagram cause I was looking at your
2: art cause your Instagram uh, typical bug for anyone listening.
1: That's right. Uh, it definitely shows that you're um, you go in waves as far as what direction you focus on creatively, which I am mostly like too. I, I'm predominantly uh, focused on the visual art because i pay for a studio so i need to make it worthwhile yeah um, but prior to that especially i feel like art and music were two children of mine each pulling on the s- different sleeves like focus on me focus on me so yeah
2: absolutely yeah it's, it's, it's stressful tough to, uh, it, it really is and it's difficult to I feel like a jack of all trades and master of none Me too. in that I, you know, oh great, I know how to use this audio recording software, I know how to play this instrument, I know how to draw this, I know how to use this digital program, but I don't know how to do all of those very well. Mm-hmm. I can do them uh, well enough to have a completed product, um, but not. I'm not as proficient at any one of these things as I would like to be, um, which leads into a lot of like self-doubt and not. Yeah, but that's I think par for the course for I, any. Yeah, I think a ton of us are like that. Source, yeah.
0: So for our listeners' benefit, I've like scrolled way the hell back in in Bug's Instagram. That's too bad. I dig this. Let me
2: see. Those are a fun.
0: Quarter size mm-hmm. little self portrait or portrait. Very freaking cool.
2: Yeah, those. Um, I started getting back into digital art like uh, a couple months ago, and <laughs> Did that you was one swipe of the,
0: on it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> farts more farts
2: yeah i think potty humor is funny until one day i won't think it's funny and i'll regret everything <laughs>
0: <laughs> Well, i dig this because um i have like an appreciation for like especially like old advertisements mm-hmm. it's very mid-century modern yeah yeah yeah, cool. yeah and this is very like you know they sell raw meat at bugs and like that's just that's like looking at an old advertisement for like cigarettes when they claimed it was you know healthy or whatever
2: right right yeah, I do like that sort of
0: aesthetic. <laughs> this um, is gross.
2: Yeah. So that one you um, know what's is worse? based off of This a photo.
0: makes my face hurt. Yeah. Yeah, so I saw I'm, that one too, and I was like, no, thank you. It's a portrait of
1: Raph um, shaving, and it just looks like a very uncomfortable shave. Yeah. It's
2: a very, shaving very, my flesh very, off. very
0: yeah. close shave. Yeah.
2: So it's a picture, <laughs> a self-portrait of myself shaving, um, but it's um, more gruesome, I guess. But in the original... Um, in the original pen and paper drawing, uh, there was a, a little factory like inside of me, um, similar to how that picture of the the head unraveling. There's it's like a machine underneath. I was kind of going back to that, but um, tried that. Didn't really like how it looked. The perspective wasn't quite right. So then I tried another one where it was a, a space background. Um, you know, editing it digitally at this point. Um, and then i eventually just settled on i printed out a copy of it with that area blank and then i redrew a different section and then rescanned it in and combined them
0: <laughs> cool and, um, yeah.
1: i feel like a lot of your work is very um
2: deeply cons-
1: yeah <laughs> deeply conceptual but kind of painful to look at because you're playing not in that it's bad in that you're playing with uh, a physicality in a way that can be disturbing for people, you know? Yeah. Like people not liking the sight of flesh being torn off, you know, like, uh, I'm guessing you like horror movies. You're not, you're kind of desensitized to uh. the way this could make others feel who aren't desensitized.
2: <laughs> I don't know how I feel about framing it that way. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I do like horror movies and I, yes, I agree with the assessment that I may be desensitized to some of these things. I think
1: most people are with you know everybody loving horror movies I, they affect me a lot and i don't love them i scream a lot sure they freak me out but so i feel your work a lot like i feel it in a physical sort of sense i still love it and appreciate it but it also has an edge of uncomfortableness with it
2: interesting
0: that's- i like art that's a little bit creepy me it's too my favorite if it's just like yeah. a, just like a little weird and just makes you like a little bit uncomfortable
2: I have. I often will just come up with an idea of. Oh, I think that would be a cool picture to exist, and I'll write it down. And then maybe one day I sit down and I draw it. There's one that I really want to draw, and that I started multiple times and haven't finished because I'm never happy with how it looks. Um, but I want to draw like a, a water cooler that you have at an office. Mm-hmm. Um, but inside it'll be um, inside the water tank. It's a watering hole, like um, like a Sahara mm-hmm. watering hole. So there'll be like a giraffe standing inside the watering tank and whatnot, because and oh, yeah. I really like drawing animals. Um, I have a much better or uh, much easier time, I guess, drawing animals than I do drawing people. Mm-hmm. I have a—it's kind of a, a running joke for myself. All those pictures that I call self-portraits—they're all based off reference photos of myself, but I don't think any of them look like me. Because
1: I yeah, they don't. I yeah.
2: I can't. I'm not very good at recreating a likeness. Mm-hmm. Um, I've tried to do portraits of people, and they never come out looking like that person. But it'll come out looking like a decent drawing, and like um, you know, like oh, that's a good drawing of a person you don't know who that person is yeah um so the running joke for myself is that none of my self portraits look like myself so i may as well just do what i want with them so there's one with my head unraveling one with me shaving my flesh off one with me throwing up a rainbow like it's whatever you know it's just something interesting to look at i guess cool mm, why not you know if you're gonna make something you may as well make it neat mm-hmm. if i write music i want it to be i want it to surprise me I'm looking at a picture, I want some element of it to surprise me. So that's why I like to put a lot of detail into things so that you can look at it for a bit and pull something out of it.
1: We have talked about your music and we talked about your art a bit, not quite as much. Um, But I'd really love to talk about your writing because I don't know anything about you as a writer. And that would be a cool avenue to explore for me as your friend. Uh, Do you have any pieces published? What kind of uh, genres do you write? And uh, what's your history
2: with it? So I I was an English major uh, at school English and secondary education and with the original idea of becoming an English teacher but really my fascination with English is the writing aspect not necessarily the mechanics of it or teaching those mechanics to someone else. Mm. And so teaching did not pan out for me and I I did a semester of student teaching. I was a substitute teacher for a while and while passionate about english and books and reading and all that i that wasn't the way i wanted to interact with that sort of with that medium um because my joy for english comes through writing it and so i do have some published works um short stories um exclusively for now um i've never i've never finished any long form pieces like a novel or anything like that Mm -hmm, Uh, um two or three years ago for national novel writing month in november i started writing one and i got i don't know 40,000 words or something? No, not maybe not that high. Uh, but, you know, it, pages upon pages upon pages. Mm. Um, and it was going nowhere. Um, I'm <laughs> very curious to revisit that because I have not read a word of it since I wrote it. And I remember some of the concepts from it, but I, a lot of that was just a fever dream. I just wrote stuff. <laughs> and I'm very curious to revisit that at some point. What uh, was it about? It was a sci-fi bizarre. Oh, it was cool. like um, like a noir crime but in a sci-fi setting, mm-hmm. um, yet very derivative. And <laughs> someone asked me to explain it to them, and I thought, mm-hmm. I was thinking about how to explain it, and I thought, man, I could just tell him to watch a couple of these movies, and then he doesn't need to read it. <laughs> uh, so yeah, it was garbage. Um, so I want to revisit it just as a learning experience, um, but I, when I have a difficult time revisiting pieces of music or of art, with writing, that's even harder because yeah. you, don't, you don't write a story in an evening. You have to spread it out. Mm-hmm. And so that's why I we earlier we talked about like the editing process. I don't, somewhere along the way, someone gave me the advice to just write. When you sit down to write, write whatever comes to your mind. Don't delete anything and then fix it all later. Get all of the ideas onto the page and then it really the novel is written in the second draft because that's where you edit it all and take the good parts. And so I took that to heart and that's how I've approached writing. But it usually it's contained in short bursts. Like, okay, I'm going to write for a couple hours today and that's the short story. I'll revisit it tomorrow maybe, trim back. Um, but that's, that's really it. And so I've mainly, I kind of felt confined to short stories um, because I have not yet developed the sort of creative discipline to sustain a work over a long period of time. So I have a few short stories published. It's mostly sci- science fiction.
1: So what are some of the titles of your pieces and where can they be
0: found? If you want them to be found.
2: You know, I have not written creatively in a, I've not completed a writing piece in a long time, in a couple of years. Um, But I had a short story published in a compilation called, the compilation was called Donut Factory. It was an independent publication. Uh, I think they had a few volumes. Mm -hmm. My story was called A Love Story. I had one called Pieces in Place, which was only 50 words. So if you want to read one. Don't read that one, because it's garbage.
0: <laughs>
2: Table for Two um, was also published in a compilation book. And that one, I think, has some interesting imagery. These are all, like, well, the ones that I mentioned so far are very flash fiction-oriented, under a 1,000 words, mm-hmm. all of them. Um, the later ones are a little bit longer. There's one called Regarding Peter. And these are all trash. Um, Stop it. Another Do one, Bumper <laughs> History and Beneath Layers. And they're all short stories with bizarre premises. One of my 50 word pieces um won a um story of the month award for the publication it was in so cool it works out sometimes i think it this style um encourages a very honest snapshot mm-hmm. of a person which i guess is my shtick it doesn't encourage great writing but it's a very honest look at myself as a person yeah. that at whatever time um,
0: yeah, it's like a Polaroid. Socks. Yeah, no, that's cool.
2: Writing is the least <laughs> successful of my three pursuits, and it's the one that I have always wanted to pursue the most. Yeah, Growing up, I always wanted, like, I thought, I want to be a writer. I think that's the most interesting thing for me. And that's the one that I have not pursued the most. I and am the worst at sticking with and completing. So hopefully, that my goal for this year was, okay, February, I know I'm going to be working on this album. Afterwards, I want to do some visual art, and afterwards, I want to do some writing. And I wanted to designate portions of the year to specifically to these pursuits, because I knew that my, that's just how my mind works. Mm-hmm, I, I yeah. get wrapped into one medium.
1: So we have some... Ra- how we wrap up an episode is we do rapid-fire questions. So if you could go back in time to when you first started making music or art... What advice would you give yourself as a young artist in a sentence?
2: Stop listening to Blink-182. <laughs> Solid <laughs> advice. Not bad. Yeah. <laughs> Drop a couple other albums in my lap. Yeah. Go with that. Is
0: there one piece of work that stands out to you as the best representation of you as like a like a whole
2: holistic artist? Uh, whatever the latest thing I've done is.
0: <laughs> Love it. That's yeah. a
1: good answer, actually. It's a really good I answer. I feel like, especially when you were talking about it being a snapshot, um, who... Who is your biggest influence?
2: Um, that also varies, and it depends on the medium. Uh, I guess for, for writing, I like science fiction a lot. Philip K. Dick is a, a very popular writer. A lot of his work has been adapted to uh, popular movies. Um, Blade Runner um, mm. yeah. is probably the biggest one that he's been um, associated with. Musically, right now, I've been listening to this artist, uh, Gas. Um, it's the pseudonym for this guy, Wolfgang Voigt. And then visually japanese manga and anime Mm and stuff like that i really like akira yeah
1: you loaned it to jeff
2: (laughs) yeah katsuhiro tomo that artist and then the um american artist jeff darrow and the french artist um his pseudonym was mobius and i think his name was jean godard but i might have the last name wrong but those three artists specifically are my biggest influences
1: that's awesome favorite color purple
0: favorite smell farts I knew you were going to say farts. (laughs) No,
2: no, that's not true. Um, I don't have a favorite smell. I have a very bad sense of smell.
0: Uh, Favorite sound? (laughs) My voice.
1: (laughs) The way you said it, too, was so breathy. My voice. My
2: voice. What can I say? I love to hear myself talk. Let me just talk about nothing for two and a half hours. I really like the sound
0: of my voice, too. That's why when Laura was like, do you want to do a podcast? I was like, well, yeah. (laughs)
1: Uh, favorite texture?
2: <laughs> For some reason, sandpaper was the first thing that came to my mind, and that is not the answer. That's not the answer. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, like microfiber cloth, like mm-hmm. those blankets.
0: Uh, most inspiring place you've ever traveled
2: to? Huh. Um, uh, I went to Iceland a you know a couple Ooh, of years cool. ago, and I thought yeah, I thought it was really nice. I I didn't find it particularly inspiring though. It was, it, was, it was pretty foggy when we went. and uh, Skip that question. A lot of it I thought was, oh, this is a nice, cool different country, but nothing nothing was born of that time. Uh, I've been to Poland, where my family's from, and um, lately I have been feeling more inspired by my heritage. Both wow. your parents are,
0: were born in Poland, correct? That's right. Yeah. That is so interesting. I was the
2: first one born here.
0: That's kind of a family. rare breed in the U.S. I feel like the most of us are
2: mutts. Mm-hmm. Yep, I'm just a pure Polak, and it's so unfortunate. <laughs>
0: You should find yourself a nice no. Polish lady and then you can have Polish you, Oh kids. my
2: God, you are Polish. <laughs> every single one of my relatives, every time I see them, it goes, I see you when you come to Poland and find a wife. Are
1: you freaking kidding me? Every time. What brand of pens do you
2: use? Microns like everybody else. And I also bought some from Stadler. I think. I don't know how to pronounce it. And it's called
1: Staples. Right? No, no.
2: And
0: funny joke why do you make surprise
1: <laughs> so Raph, are there any questions that you neurotically prepared for that we haven't
0: asked oh yeah i'm dying to hear this
2: oh <laughs> uh, do we have another two and a did half did you hours?
0: expect that
1: question <laughs> that's super meta
2: oh oh yes oh yes
1: <laughs> <laughs> all right show, show us, us your
2: creative, creative guts dot com <laughs>
0: He did something. You were a lot. Well, that was fun. Whew, that was like (laughs) a marathon. (laughs) Raph didn't make it easy on us. Let's just say there's
1: some going to be some heavy editing with this because we recorded two and a half hours with (laughs) Mister (laughs) Bastek. The hardest part will actually be
0: choosing a blooper.
1: There's going to be a lot to choose from because
0: he's hilarious and crazy, so. We'll have to do a whole blooper episode someday. That would be really fun, actually. That's a wonderful idea. It'll be like 90% Raph, but. Probably. It'll be like Raph and us. Yeah.
1: There'll be a lot of ours, too.
0: I know. All of our other guests are so, like, you know, eloquent and poised and graceful. Sorry, Raph. I guess you don't Sorry, make the Raph. cut. <laughs> I mean, no. Raph was also very eloquent.
1: No, he was he really actually. Was. Raph really did surprise me. I love hearing about his process and all the stuff he does. He is a very, um, you know, jokey kind of guy. So it's it's hard to get to the guts of it all. But we did actually get to some in this interview, and it was
0: it was a real pleasure to do. And honestly, poor Laura, because. Um, I wasn't very well behaved. I don't know. Raph just really like is a bad influence. He brought out the worst to me, and I was very naughty. And Laura just has her work cut out for us, you know, wrangling up the kids. I'll be
1: slaving away editing for twenty hours instead of ten. <laughs> no, but I, but I will be laughing and smiling the whole time between curses. <laughs> So you definitely need to hear more of Bug. You heard a sample of it in this interview, but go to Spotify or go to our Facebook page and we'll have a link there. Um, And you should check him out on Instagram to see his beautiful illustrations. And you can get a sample of his music there as well. It's Typical Bug. And you know what? Look at his beautiful images, or I should say interesting images. They don't always (laughs) conjure beauty to me. Some of them are just more psychologically... uh, Needing and interesting. They but get a little gross. A little bit, but they're still wicked cool. Yeah. Um, and you should check those out while
0: listening to Bug. Hot take. If you have a hard time finding Bug on Spotify, mm-hmm. or if you're not on Facebook and can't just find the link through our Facebook page, the easy way, type in What's So Forever. With no one spaces. One word. Yeah. Yep. It's one of Bug's songs. It'll pop right up. And it is the song that we used for our teaser user
1: trailer for this podcast. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. it all comes
0: full circle. It's one of
1: my favorites of his, and uh, so it's very fitting that that's how you should search him.
0: Yes. And so... um, If you're not already, we're on Facebook, Creative Guts Podcast. You can find us on Facebook. We're sharing lots of selfies and other updates and lots of information so you can get to know our guests better. If you haven't yet,
1: please subscribe and like and comment, especially on all major platforms and iTunes. I would say most especially because um, it seems like most of our listenership is there and it really helps us get more noticed by others who are just searching, you know, keywords, key phrases, the new and noteworthy section. And if we can rise to the top of it, we can um, share more
0: inspirational creativity with others out there. And please, if you feel compelled to send us like names of artists and creative people that you know, we have a huge list and we will add them to the list. Why not pile more onto it? You would not be the first.
1: (laughs) We love it. I think the point is we never want to stop doing this. I don't see that ever happening, us stopping, um, unless there was like an avalanche and it happened to happen right between where Sarah and I exist and there was no way around it. Yeah, she's shaking her head. She will still climb over that through. I would that just avalanche. phone in.
0: We can just we can just do a phone. Oh in my interview. god, I'll duh. just phone
1: in. Technology. Ow. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so we're
1: never stopping this train. So feel free to add more passengers. Yep. Yep.
0: We oh. joke a lot about how we're never going to run out of people to interview. It's, like, a really good problem to yeah, have. Yeah, it's, it's really excellent. Good. I
1: know. It's tough, like, figuring out how to fit them all in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Again, thank you all for listening, and we will see you next Wednesday. And special thanks to Bug. Thank you,
0: Bug. <music> I think I'm all out of rabbit mentions, so that's it for the rest of the episode. Oh, I, I highly oh, no,
1: doubt no that. Oh, <laughs> not gonna happen oh
2: my god I thought this was my interview but it's all about freaking rabbits and...
0: we should put the headphones I on Luna
2: okay, wait 24 hours and then within 30 seconds it's a oh no flagged oh, for this
0: oh man wow. get out of here that's brutal
2: yeah, so the next one's gonna be called fart it's just gonna be fart, so <laughs> no, fart by true. bug yeah. do bugs fart yes I say that with no certainty <laughs>
0: <laughs> That'd Did be that terrible. Mean?
2: That'd be a tortured existence. Imagine being an ant. You have to carry <laughs> your whole life and you can never let out a fart That sucks. All
0: right, now we have to Google do bugs no, for. No.
2: I want to know this. It's happening. To know this. Sorry.
0: Um, who is your. Bu- uh,
2: blah,
1: blah, blah, I'm
2: I'm blah. I've never thought about that one before, actually. That's a good question, though, when you put it that way. <laughs>
1: Um, hmm. <laughs> who okay. is your biggest influence don't oh, <laughs> tell a joke right now
2: absolutely not I'll
1: tell you one that's not mine that's my favorite joke in the world it's not very good but I love it and Jeff, I'm, Jeff will hate the I'm fact
2: psyched now. I
1: might have said it before he hates this so much where does Napoleon keep his armies
2: you've told me this one yeah um, and what's the answer <laughs> he keeps his armies in his <laughs> <laughs> it's so cute. wow that is
0: funny oh,
1: that's the funniest joke ever i love them i just like it when um like on parks and rec when tom have a me he's like oh my toesies oh my little fingies like i like it when words are you know <laughs> that really, was
0: such a cute little accent
1: <laughs> oh my fingies oh my toesies <laughs> and uh and so like a armies pretty good impression
2: so- of him well. yeah.
1: yeah right well it's good. i'm